Welcome back to another edition of the Red Leaf Fitness Podcast, a show dedicated to bringing you stories, interviews, and conversations about living a healthy, resilient, and productive life. I'm your host, Sean Blinch, and I want to thank you for making time to listen to this episode today. And if you like what we're putting down, we would love it if you would follow, rate, and share this podcast. All right. Now let's get down to business. Welcome back to a very, very special edition of this podcast. Today, I'm going to read two stories. The first one is Latkes and Applesauce. It's a Hanukkah story by Fran Manushkin and illustrated by Chris Siesler. The second story is the Polar Express. As I desperately look for who wrote this, I uh, cannot seem to find it. Nobody knows who wrote it. Scholars have long forgotten, and it's been one of those legendary things. But nonetheless, those are your two stories. So go ahead. Go ahead and pause this. Build yourself a crackling fire. Put together a holiday-themed beverage. Gather, gather the children. Because we are about to get into the holiday spirit. Okay. So first book, here we go. Lakas and Applesauce. I have not read this story before. But it looks cute. Long ago, in a village far away, there lived a family named Menashe. Papa and Mama were tailors who had two children, Rebecca and Ezra. Every year when Hanukkah came, the family dug up potatoes for latkes and picked apples for applesauce. But one year winter came suddenly, and snow began falling. Not a lazy flake or a little bit of flurry. No, this was a tremendous blizzard, as if all heaven's featherbeds had burst. Oh my, could you imagine? Come, sunset is upon us, said Papa. Let us celebrate the Hanukkah miracle. So Papa sang the blessings and Mama lit the shams. Please pardon me for my pronunciation of that. I don't know if it's shams or shames or shames. Someone will correct me. Please do. And Rebecca lit the first candle. Now, declared Papa, for the next eight days we shall celebrate with feasting and gladness. Bring on the latkes and applesauce. Papa, said Mama, the blizzard has swallowed our feast. The potatoes are buried under the snow. And as for the apples, we have none left. Ah, well, said Papa. Then let us sip our soup. So sitting closely as birds in a nest, the family sipped their soup. Listen, said Rebecca, I hear someone crying. She opened the door a crack, and in walked a wet orange kitten. Mew, 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 the kitten cried. She lapped up a dish of milk and fell asleep in Rebecca's lap. Now, Rebecca, said Papa, we must return this kitten to her mother. Papa, Rebecca said, this kitten is lost in the storm. That's why she is sad. And since we mustn't be sad on Hanukkah, I think we should keep her. 
A cat is one of God's creatures, declared Mama. Of course we will care for her. Rebecca hugged her mother. Mama, what shall we name her? A name should fit as well as a glove, said Papa. I will name her well, Rebecca promised. Right now, I want to play dreidel. The kitten spun the dreidel so well, she won two nuts and a raisin. When the candles flickered out, everyone went to bed. Two nuts and a raisin? Let me just go back to that page. Yep. Excellent. Excellent. All right, we continue. On the second night of Hanukkah, the snow came down harder. I like soup as much as you, Papa told Mama, but I'd love to wrap my mouth around an alatka. Listen, said Mama. Did you hear that noise? There was a bark outside. Ezra opened the door a crack, and in walked a skinny brown dog. This dog looks as hungry as a bear, said Ezra. He gave the dog the last drumstick from his soup, and the dog quickly gobbled it up. Ezra, said Papa, we cannot keep him. We have hardly enough to feed ourselves. But Papa, said Ezra, he is starving. Haven't you said we must feast on Hanukkah? Ah, well, said Papa. The dog is one of God's creatures. Let him stay and share what we have. I will think of a good name for our dog, promised Ezra. A name should fit as well as a glove. That night, the dog and kitten played dreidel. When the candles flickered out, everyone went to bed. On the third night of Hanukkah, snow was still falling. Mama sighed. Our soup is dwindling like a burning candle. If the snow doesn't stop, we'll starve. Now, now, said Papa. Where there's life, there's hope. On the fourth night, Papa repeated these words. He said them again on the fifth, sixth, and seventh nights. On the eighth night, Papa said, I see the sky is finally beginning to clear. Let us go and gaze at the stars. They may help us forget our empty stomachs. The dog leaped around in the moonlit snow. He jumped and ran and sniffed and dug. Papa gasped. Oh, what a world of wonders this is. Our dog has dug up potatoes. Potatoes in the snow? Marveled Mama. It's a miracle. We will have latkes tonight, shouted Papa. Mew, 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 came a cry, sad cry, from above. The Holy One doesn't mew, said Papa, so our kitten must have climbed this tree. Papa climbed up to rescue the kitten, tucking her under his sweater. Sitting far out on a limb, Papa said, Ah, how beautiful is God's creation. I can see so far. What can you see? The children said. Children asked. Apples, my children. Your Papa sees apples, red and round, hiding their glory under the snow. Apples still on the tree, said Mama. A miracle is happening here. Apples are always a miracle, declared Papa, as he joyfully tossed them down. That night, Mama fried so many lakas. They were heaped up high, a golden treasure. Papa, said Ezra, I'm going to name our dog Latka, because he found our potatoes. A wise choice, said Papa. The name fits like a glove, and our cat's name is Applesauce added Rebecca. 
Because she found the apples. A perfect name, said Mama. Then Mama and Papa and Rebecca and Ezra and Latka and Applesauce ate latkes and Applesauce as much as their bellies could hold. Is the Menashe's story a miracle? Who can say? It happened, and maybe that is a miracle enough for anyone. A great holiday tale. Latkes and Applesauce, a Hanukkah story. By Fran Manushkin, illustrated by Chris Eisler. I thought this part at the end was cool, so I'm just going to go ahead and just include it before I get into the next warm, heart-tingling holiday tale. So it goes like, uh, I thought this was neat, so it goes like this. The holiday of Hanukkah. Like the Menashe family, Jewish people everywhere are always eager to celebrate Hanukkah. Why? Because it's a happy holiday. Here is how the Hanukkah holiday began. Now, I didn't know any of this. Neat. More than 2,000 years ago, the Jewish people lived in a land called Judea, now called Israel. The center for their worship was the great temple in the city of Jerusalem. And in the temple was a great menorah. Its light, which burned both day and night, was a brilliant symbol of holiness. A cruel king named Antiochus, who ruled the land of Judea, tried to force the Jews to worship his god, Zeus, instead of their own. When the Jews refused, the king sent his soldiers into a temple, into the temple, and they destroyed holy books and desecrated holy objects, including the precious menorah. This tragedy didn't stop the Jewish people from worshiping God. With great faith and courage, a man named Judah Maccabee led a small band of Jews who began to fight the king's army, an army that included thousands of soldiers and horsemen and even some elephants. After three years of struggle, the king's army gave up the fight. Surely a miraculous victory. <clears throat> victory indeed. After this triumph, the Jewish people hurried to proclaim the great temple. They cleaned it thoroughly, rebuilt the altar, and made a new menorah. Finally, it came to rededicate the temple of God. The word Hanukkah means dedication. That's cool. I just learned that. When they searched for oil to relight the giant menorah, they found one small container of purified oil, enough to last only one day. But that oil burned on and on and on, day after day. In fact, it burned for eight days. Seeing this as a sign from God, Judah Maccabee declared, Let these events be celebrated with mirth and gladness for all time to come. And that is exactly what the Jewish people do. Every year in countries all around the world, Families and friends gather to light candles and feast for eight straight days. And to all those observing Hanukkah, I wish you uh, a beautiful Hanukkah and a great holiday season filled with lots of light and love. And uh, I hope you guys get just that. There's also what I thought was cool. A couple of recipes for latkes and applesauce inside this book. Pretty neat. And a fun fact is, on Christmas Eve, we make latkes every year. And I love them a latka. Oh, how many times has that joke been used? All right. Now let's get into the second story for today or tonight, whenever you're listening to this. We're going to listen to the Polar Express. 
by Chris Van Allsburg. This one's a classic since I was a little, a little one. So this will be fun to read. I read this to my son and soon my daughter. All right. On Christmas Eve, many years ago, I lay quietly in my bed. I did not rustle the sheets. I breathed slowly and silently. I was listening for a sound. A sound a friend had told me I'd never hear. The ringing bells of Santa's sleigh. There is no Santa, my friend had insisted. But I knew he was wrong. Late that night, I did hear sounds. Though not of ringing bells from outside, came the sounds of hissing steam and squeaking metal. I looked through my window, and I saw a train standing perfectly still in front of my house. It was wrapped in an apron of steam. Snowflakes fell lightly around it. The conductor stood at the open door of one of the cars. He took a large pocket watch from his vest and looked up at my window. I put on my slippers and robe. I tiptoed downstairs and out the door. All aboard, the conductor cried out. I ran up to him. Well, he said, are you coming? Where? I asked. Why? To the North Pole, of course, was his answer. This is the Polar Express. I took his outstretched hand and he pulled me aboard. I would not let my son jump on some random train, by the way, but this is still a cute story. The train was filled with other children, all in their pajamas and nightgowns. We sang Christmas carols and ate candies and nugget centers as white as snow. We drank hot cocoa as thick and rich as melted chocolate bars. Outside, the lights of towns and villages flickered in the distance as the Polar Express raced northward. Soon there will be no lights to be seen. We traveled through the cold, dark forests where lean wolves roamed and white-tailed rabbits hid from our train as it thundered through the quiet wilderness. We climbed mountains so high it seemed as if we could scrape the moon. But the Polar Express never slowed down. Faster and faster we ran along, rolling over peaks and through valleys like a car on a roller coaster. The mountains turned into hills, the hills to snow-covered plains. We crossed a barren desert of ice, the great polar ice cap. Lights appeared in the distance. They looked like the lights of a strange ocean liner sailing on a frozen sea. There, said the conductor, is the North Pole. Ah, the North Pole. It was a huge city standing alone at the top of the world, filled with factories where every Christmas toy was made. At first we saw no elves. They were they are gathering at the center of the city, the conductor told us. That is where Santa will give the first gift of Christmas. Who receives the first gift? We all asked. The conductor answered, he will choose one of you. Look, shouted one of the children, the elves. Outside, we saw hundreds of elves. As our train drew closer to the center of the North Pole, we slowed to a crawl. So crowded were the streets with Santa's helpers. When the Polar Express could go no farther, we stopped, and the conductor led us outside. Oh my. We pressed through the crowd to the edge of the large open circle. In front of us stood Santa's sleigh. The reindeer was, were excited. They pranced and paced, 
ringing the silver sleigh bells that hung from their harnesses. It was a magical sound, like nothing I'd ever heard. Across the circle, the elves moved apart and Santa Claus appeared. The elves cheered wildly. He marched over to us and pointing to me said, Let's have this fellow here. He jumped into his sleigh. The conductor handed me up. I sat on Santa's knee and he asked, Now what would you like for Christmas? I knew that I could have any gift I could imagine. But the thing I wanted most for Christmas was not inside Santa's giant bag. What I wanted more than anything was one silver bell from Santa's sleigh. When I asked, Santa smiled. Then he gave me a hug and told me and told an elf to cut a bell from a reindeer's harness. The elf tossed it up to Santa. He stood, holding the bell high above him, and called out the first gift of Christmas. A clock struck midnight as the owls roared their approval. Santa handed the bell to me, and I put it in my bathrobe pocket. The conductor helped me down from the sleigh. Santa shouted out the reindeer's names and cracked his whip. His team charged forward and climbed into the air. Santa circled once above us, then disappeared in the cold, dark polar sky. As soon as we were back inside the Polar Express, the other children asked to see the bell. I reached into my pocket, but the only thing I felt was a hole. I had lost the silver bell from Santa Claus's sleigh. Let's hurry outside and look for it, one of the children said, but the train gave a sudden lurch and started moving. We were on our way home. It broke my heart to lose the bell. When the train reached my house, I sadly left the other children. I stood at the doorway and waved goodbye. The conductor said something from the moving train, but I couldn't hear him. What? I yelled out. He cupped his hands around his mouth and said, Merry Christmas, he shouted. The Polar Express let out a loud blast from its whistle and sped away. On Christmas morning, my little sister Sarah and I opened our presents. When it looked as if everything had been unwrapped, Sarah found one last small box behind the tree. It had my name on it. Inside was a silver bell. There was a note. Found this on the seat of my sleigh. Fix that hole in your pocket. Signed, Mr. C. I shook the bell. It made the most beautiful sound my sister and I had ever heard. But my mother said, Oh, that's too bad. Yes, said my father. It's broken. When I'd shaken the bell, my parents had not heard a sound. At one time, most of my friends could hear the bell, but as the years passed, it fell silent for all of them. Even Sarah found one Christmas that she could no longer hear its sweet sound. Though I've grown old, the bell still rings for me, as it does for all who truly believe. So there you have it, folks. If that isn't proof of the highest order that Santa exists, I don't know what is. I don't. I do not. So the Polar Express by Chris Van Allsburg. A lovely tale. And Latkes and Applesauce, a Hanukkah story by Fran Manushkin. 
beautiful, heartwarming family story. Well, thanks for uh, hanging tight and listening to this special holiday edition of this podcast. And uh, I hope you enjoyed listening because I enjoyed reading. Happy holidays, happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, and wishing everybody safe and happy holiday. And I'm looking forward to seeing you on the other side. Bye for now.